Welcome in, welcome in to the Dynasty Mafia podcast. I am your host, Antonio Denisi, and with me, as always, Eric Denisi and Keenan Jimajic. How are we tonight, fellas? Good, good. good. How about yourself, Antonio? I am fantastic. Uh, doing really well, thank you. Happy Thursday to both of you. So close to Friday. Uh, how has your week been? Not bad, not bad. No complaints over here. Pretty good. Started a new job this week, so just been training all week, and it's been going good. There you go. Keep grinding. Keep grinding. Yeah. If you guys didn't know, uh, Eric it, it just started a new job with uh, our president, Donald Trump. So, No. <laughs> no, I started a new IT job, actually. Um, so, yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. Um, the training's been crazy. I didn't have any IT experience before, but the field that I did work in um, allowed me to be able to get this job. And the training's been nuts, but it's uh, it's exciting learning a whole lot of new stuff and learning everything about certain aspects of computers and whatnot. It's, it's uh, interesting stuff. It's pretty wild, man. Congratulations. Yeah, for sure. Thanks. Well, like I said, speaking of grinding, we have a special, special guest on the show tonight. Dynasty Outhouse is in the building. Welcome, Outhouse. How are you, buddy? I'm good, man. I don't know if you would call ever what I do grinding, but I mean, it makes me sound like I do a lot more, so I appreciate it. <laughs> well, uh, I definitely see you everywhere, especially all over the Twitter sphere. Uh, you got a lot, a lot of followers, a uh, big following you've built up, so good job there, and I appreciate everything that you definitely do around the fantasy community. Uh, so speaking of the fantasy community, who are you and what do you do with all of us in the fantasy world? Well, like you said, I am at Dynasty Outhouse, uh, but you can call me Russ because it was really, I did just, I literally used to make people call me Outhouse. Like at first people didn't know my name and then uh, I'm half the hosts of the Trade Addicts podcast with my my homeboy, Brian Har at Brian Har FF. And I got so freaking tired of editing out him calling me Russ that I just sort of gave up on it. (laughs) And like, like, it's not like I ever needed people to not know who I was. I just, I thought it was so damn funny to have people like call another human being outhouse. Yeah. <laughs> so I just went with it as long as I could and just laziness as always overtakes. Um, <laughs> but like, a, like I said before, Trade Addicts podcast, I got um, now on the DAP network, which is a uh, podcast family, if you will, with uh, the Fantasy Timeline and the Dynasty Junkies. I am also... Uh, what the what the hell other podcasts do I do? Dynasty game uh, night, <laughs> Dynasty game night with uh, John Bosch and Matt Price, and split takes with uh, Kevin Cotillo for the DFPN Network, the best and only network in town. I think that's. No, you're grinding me. when you start forgetting your podcast names. <laughs> I I could talk a lot. I mean, that just comes natural at this point. So, I, it, again, if you want to call it grinding, that just makes me sound better. So I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> compliments compliments are definitely a good thing so how long have you been playing fantasy i got into man i got into football in general in about 2004 uh big hockey fan for a while then they went on strike way too many times and way too short of a period and i just got really annoyed with it so my friend hands me a copy of espn nfl 2k5 that one with uh to in the eagles jersey like oh my god <laughs> looked like he was doing a layup or something uh, and I never looked back. I was all football all the time. And that was the best game. Yeah, it really – no, no football game had – because that was the first one I played since, like, Sega Genesis. So, yes, I'm older than probably all of you. Um, and 
Yeah, no game has been that good since yeah, then. None of them added because yeah, that was the last uh, uh, K game, two K game because they went exclusive to Madden. Uh, but would... yeah, after that, man, probably jumped straight into fantasy that year, sort of like oh four, oh five. So what's that like fifteen years? Yeah, has that been Dynasty the whole time? Oh God, no, uh, Dynasty. Uh, four years maybe about yeah four or five years at most. Uh, it was. Once it started, I'm sure that's a lot of people's stories. Like you jump into one league, then all of a sudden you sneeze and you're accidentally in five. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's sort of what happens. Uh, you know, I was always the most active person, begging people for trades, and it's redraft. Sometimes keeper leagues, you get a couple going, but it was never enough. And then I found Dynasty, and like I said before, I never looked back. Yeah, just like you said, I had three, and I joined the Cool Kids Club chat, which through the Trade Addicts pod and through Patreon.com. Please be a member. All three of us are. You can get involved in that chat. And, I, yeah, like you said, I'm all of a sudden 15. So it can happen. The more friends you make, the more leagues you end up being in. There are 15 dynasties, Antonio? Uh, I'm up to 15, yeah. Does your wife know this? (laughs) She'll know in September. She knows in September when dues are done. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I got you beat Um, if it makes you feel any better. That's what I was going to ask. How, How many leagues are you in? I mean, off the top of my head, I don't know the exact number. It's in the 20s for sure. Um, oh my, my wife also doesn't know that one. Um, <laughs> uh, full on Dynasty, it's probably like maybe 22. I'm in a couple Dynasty best ball leagues, which I don't necessarily count because you don't have to pay as much attention. Right. Yeah. And I, I'm still in two keepers because they're two keeper leagues because they're home leagues with some friends that I probably wouldn't talk to otherwise. So I feel like a jerk just leaving. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I'm nowhere near as interested in the actual leagues themselves. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, I do stuff like the Scott Fishbowl and all the Eliminators and all of that stuff. So it piles, it piles. <laughs> but True Dynasty, I'll, I'll call it in the low 20s. Well, you got, be, you got me beat by, I think, 15. I got some work to do. <laughs> I, I cut down. I, I dropped about seven leagues last offseason and then one or and then like another two or three this off season, so I was in the 30s last year. Yeah. Uh, oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, there you go. It's always good to cut back just a little bit, but not too much. Not too much. <laughs> uh, so uh, now with the dynasty, and you've been doing it for a good amount of time now. What would you say is the best advice you give to someone that's brand new? Um, see, that's tough because there's always so much. the re- The real answer is have fun, do whatever the hell you want. That I mean. You joined Dynasty because you're active, you're fun. No one joins Dynasty because they don't like making moves. So go, don't be afraid. Go trade. You make a bad trade. You know what fixes bad trades? Making another one. You know, just keep going. Like, just do whatever you want. If, you know, you feel like you have to overpay to get a guy you like on your team, go get a guy like you like on your team because, again, it's supposed to be fun. And... If you're ever sad that you have to trade a player away, that's why you join another league so you can get that guy on your other team, <laughs> which is how you end up in 20-something teams. Yeah. <laughs> a couple of our friends need to listen to that answer, Antonio and Eric. Yeah. They don't like, like to make I... trades. We get stuck with making trades with each other. Oh, no, <laughs> I absolutely know that feeling. I have... I, I definitely did not start a new league this year with a couple of my home friends that we had a home dynasty league, which was just boring as hell. And I grabbed the three or four that I liked that were active and got them into a league with a couple of my 
definitely did not get them into a new league with my <laughs> Twitter friends. And that's pretty much what we did. We got rid of the boring people, took the people yeah. we liked, and we brought them in with good people. And then they realized that I, okay, so I am absolutely crazy when it comes to trades. Like I clearly admit that. Um, but they see it's not just me because everyone always used to go like, oh my God, can you stop offering trades? It's once a week, it's this, it's that. And then they see other people are like that too. So then they start doing it a little more. So man, just have fun, find people. That's really just my answer because this is supposed to be fun. So treat it like that. Perfectly yeah. put. Very perfectly put. Yeah, that's a big reason I actually joined more leagues is so I can get more activity going yep. and just got a little bored with, with the other ones. Uh, no offense to anybody listening there. Uh, no, but also, man, don't be afraid. Uh, yeah, I like to talk way too much. Don't be afraid to leave leagues. Um, <laughs> like, that's really the honest truth. Uh, I get a lot of questions and it's like, how do I rebuild a team in a, in a, with a league that doesn't have a lot of activity? What happens if I can't get anybody to trade? leave i mean it's supposed to be fun if you're not having fun in a league don't be in it oh but i'll feel bad this or that the commission won't care i'm telling you right now they'll be like oh seriously oh okay whatever it, yeah we'll find someone else yeah they'll yeah, find someone especially in the days of twitter it's so easy to find a replacement so like don't stress at all if you're not having fun just get out and then join a league that's more fun <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I want to be in, I think I'm in three three, three leagues with you now, uh, Outhouse, so um, I've been able to get in some good leagues that are pretty active. I don't know, we've got DDCL, CDA, and... Uh... Yeah, I'm blanking on the third. Those are the two I thought of. Right oh, now. no, but yeah, there's, yeah. Just there's two. a very good chance. Again, I don't remember all of my leagues. So. <laughs> True. Uh, so let's let's dive in a little bit here to a quick question of the day. Let's talk some fantasy uh, for a second. So 2014 was the last year that we had three rookie wide receivers with 900 plus yards. That would be Mike Evans, Sammy Watkins, and Kelvin Benjamin. Uh, so pretty highly touted uh, prospects coming in uh, for that season, just like we're running into with 2020. I can't remember a season in between uh, that's been as hyped up as this one. Do you think that this is something that can be accomplished by this wide receiver class, having at least three wide receivers getting 900 plus yards? Uh, how about you, uh, uh, Russ? Let's start that off. I mean, probably just because, the, I mean, man, there's, it's much more of a passing league now than it was six years ago. So I think it's a lot easier for it to happen. And a lot of people did land in pretty good spots. Uh, I mean, Jalen Rager, I could see getting it pretty easily because there's no one else to really pass to besides Zach Ertz. Justin Jefferson, uh, probably, especially if Cook holds out, right? I mean, they'll need to pass the ball more and... Even while Phelan was there, Diggs was still getting plenty of balls, so I, I, I still think he can get it as well. Plus, he's awesome. <laughs> I mean, who else was there? I don't, I'm just not a Ruggs guy, especially with the placement. I know you're a Visca fan, but sorry, man. I just don't know if that offense is doing it. <laughs> <laughs> he'll be right on the cusp if, if it is. but if it is, Maybe total yards he'll get close. Yeah. How about that? Can, I'll give does him, that, I'll does that make you feel a little better about it? That makes me feel a little more comfortable, yeah. What about um, you? You think with the Debo injury, if he does tend to miss or, you know, knocking on wood, if there is any type of a, a re-injury, do you think Ayuk can hit that? I mean, I, I don't think so. I just – that's a run team and a Kittle team. And anything – trying to depend on anything else after that. Um, I am on the stance that I'm terrified of Debo this year by the way foot injuries scare me for 12 months pretty much 
Um, almost every Ross, single don't guy. Don't say that. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, you can cover your ears if you want, but I'm still, it's, it's out there already. Uh, yeah, almost every single player who hurts their foot, it takes at least a year to recover. Um, if he's out 10 to 12 weeks, he has, I think I saw Ethan Turner, uh, who's you know a doctor of physical therapy, say he has like a 10% chance of re-injuring wow. his foot. But man, wide receivers, the amount they have to stomp the ground, the amount of people that tackle them at their feet, it's just, uh, it always seems to happen. So I'm just terrified of that. I think Ayuk now will get more play, especially at the beginning of the season because of that. But I don't think he's getting a thousand yards. I think like maybe Denzel Mims is like the one exactly, uh, not top guy. I would, I mean, I would Definitely. love for T Higgins to have it, but I don't think it's going to happen this year. Um, who else is there? Pittman. Uh, I mean, not with Phillip Rivers. I just don't think. And with T.Y. still there. So Unless I'm being uh, CD again, overcrowded, Judy, more of a run offense with a lot of people there. And yeah, I'll stick with those are my answers because <laughs> you three of you guys are sitting there staring at me and I'm talking about <laughs> you. I really, I really like Mims there. I really like Mims. So uh, Mims is somebody that uh, I agree can get a lot of targets, especially with anyone not coming back. Uh, they got rid of Robbie Anderson. You're hoping that Herndon can form that same relationship with with Arnold that he had before, but I think I think um, I do think Mims could be in line for potentially 100 targets, which can get him get him close to that 900 yard mark. How about you, Keenan? Hold on, let me send this text. Debo Samuel on the block sent. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with Russ. Um, I uh, I looked at Judy and Lamb. I just don't think with the with the landing spots that they obviously landed. I don't like it at all. With Judy, he's with that big that offense that looks great on paper in Denver. Um, but the big question mark is obviously Drew Locke there, and can he spread the ball around to, you know, Sutton, Gordon, Lindsey, uh, Noah Fant, and then also Ceedee Lamb. I just is he the third option there in Dallas with Cooper and Gallup? So I'm with Russ on here. With I'm leaning towards Justin Jefferson a little bit more than Jalen Rager just because someone's got to get those digs targets and who's going to step up. Um, I, Thielen already get, gets, gets uh, the ball, you know, plenty and defenses are going to focus on Thielen because he's obviously, you know, the veteran and they know that he, what he can do. They're going to try to have the rookie beat them. So. Especially if they stick Jefferson in the slot. Yeah. So I'm, He's my, I think my one only guy that might be able to do it with, and then Jalen Rager, obviously. I, I also, I put a couple stars next to Henry Ruggs, but the only reason I put, the only reason I think he can do it is he has no one there to beat out. He has uh, Williams and Zay Jones, but that quarterback is, is just a big question mark. Oh, you forget about Hunter Renfro. Oh, yeah, I forgot about him. Yeah, well. <laughs> no, but you're right. Tyrell has been a little now, injured. I, Issues. I just don't know. I don't know if Carr and uh, Mariota can, you know, deliver him the ball. So we'll see. I definitely agree. I definitely agree with Rager and Jefferson. Um, I think Jefferson is like number one. I think he can definitely do it. Um, Rager, I think, has a, honestly has a pretty solid chance. I mean, who who are they throwing to there? Um, what what is Elshon going to do this year for them? Um, I I do think Ceedee Lamb could be the third one that could get this. I don't know. I, you guys clearly don't feel that way, but I think he's just so good. He's going to overtake Gallup year one. Um, 
and yeah, after 2021, we'll see what what happens with that wide receiver core. And he's he's going to be the the number one target there at 23 years old. I'm I'm guessing they're going to re-sign Dak. So, um, but yeah, for this year, I think he could definitely do it. I just want to make one point: the longer the offseason goes without these players reporting to camp or you know offseason activity, the longer or I don't think any of them will reach it eventually um, because they got to get familiar with their, with the, with the quarterback, with the offensive coordinator. I know they're doing the zoom calls and players are meeting up in Florida and stuff and where, where they're allowed to play uh, or practice. But the longer the off season goes without these players actually being able to show up to the facility, the likelihood of any of them reaching 900 yards is very slim. Well, speaking of, the training camp, they did, uh, the NFL did just announce today that uh, July 28th is still the anticipated date, and they're going to stick with that date uh, for everybody to start reporting. Obviously, rookies and specified players can come a little couple days earlier. Um, do you think that's good news, though? Do you think that makes you feel more comfortable that uh, everything is kind of status quo? Yeah, they missed mini camp, but. Well, they canceled the Hall of Fame game. That doesn't make me feel good. But I guess, I guess that. That was coming. Um, I'm, I'm guessing they're going to cancel all preseason games too. Although I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. It's, it's so crazy what, what's going to happen. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, a lot of speculation right now. Can't go too far, but just interesting that a month out they still announced that uh, they're going to keep the date uh, set in stone. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how much that changes. Um, Colin Kaepernick, though, is drawing some, quote, unquote, legitimate interest from multiple teams. The reason I want to talk about that, though, do you think it's he's someone that uh, teams can add because of the fear of their quarterback maybe getting COVID um, or other teammates getting it and they want to have those replacements more so on demand? Do you think that's going to, especially when they extended you know, practice squads, do you think other teams might start doing this with uh, other quarterbacks or just having more quarterbacks on game day rosters? Uh, how about you, Outhouse? Yeah, I think before the end of this, I mean, it was very smart for them to expand the practice squad. I think they're going to expand rosters in general because I think they're going to keep running into players testing positive. And it's not, I don't think they're going to, unless they create another like ex- sort of exempt list for this because it's not like you can put them on IR. It's not listing them as out. They're still technically on like a, I just, I don't know how they're actually going to handle it. So I think they're just going to, expand rosters so yes i think you're gonna see a lot of we'll just say yeah spare players underperforming Um, and definitely i mean kaepernick's probably better than a lot of the backups out there still even though you know he hasn't really played in a couple of years at this point but if you have like josh allen having colin kaepernick as your backup is fine right i mean like right now they have jake Fromm. that is a completely different offense but if you throw colin kaepernick in where josh allen i mean they're pretty similar players you know one read and run i mean that's what kaepernick always was Mm -hmm. and it's just that you know josh allen's like built like a linebacker and kaepernick's kind of scrawny (laughs) but otherwise it's the exact same thing so i think you you know i saw the seahawks had interest and it's probably for the same reason that you have a mobile quarterback your backup should probably be a mobile quarterback so it makes sense for him to be there what do you think? Uh, well, Eric, let me ask you this. And, again, like I mentioned with, with COVID, somebody like Zeke, who we know already has gotten it, 
is he someone that you think you're going to now feel more comfortable drafting than any of the other, obviously not CMC or Barkley, but any of the other top five running backs that you would want Zeke because you maybe know he won't get it again? It's definitely comforting to know that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I never really thought about it a ton, but it definitely makes sense to, you know, I feel perfectly comfortable taking him as a third running back easily. I mean, I already would have felt comfortable with it depending on what I wanted to do with that draft, and that just puts the icing on the cake for me. So is anybody here drafting with that, I guess, I don't want to use the word fear, but is anybody drafting with maybe that mindset that, hey, I'm going to draft an extra quarterback or an extra tight end that I don't usually have depth at because I'm afraid of maybe this happening? In fantasy, nah. I, I no. I mean, if we're talking redraft, I think the uh, waiver wire is going to be the same as it always was anyway. Um, if I mean, maybe if we're talking super flex, yes, I will load my team with quarterbacks just because you can't really find them. Right. But otherwise, it's all going to be the same. You're going to find that same, you know, backup running backs the same wide receivers and all that stuff on the wire so i don't think it's really worth i mean if you're tie breaking like i don't know am i drafting zeke am i drafting kamara oh it's killing me i can't even flip a coin it landed on its side okay zeke already had covid let me just grab him instead of that like that that level of like a third tiebreaker is really like (laughs) where it would come to my mind we're stretching it yeah 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 like i'm i'm still perfectly comfortable with kamara or you know somebody else like it's not like a huge thing but yeah i definitely agree it would be it's nice knowing that you wouldn't have to worry about that with him for the year yeah just something that kind of came up um just out of curiosity especially with more players getting it um i wonder if more high profile fantasy players will see starting to get it obviously we're hoping nobody does but we have seen it spike lately uh so let's talk about someone else that's uh healthy now odell beckham has been said to be free and clear from his sports earning his surgery uh, so we're looking that he's going to be coming fresh into the season. Jarvis Landy, Landry probably will not be, and Austin Hooper is now in that offense. So how do you think Odell may fare uh, with a few changes there, especially with Kevin Stefanski as the new head coach? Uh, put up a th- no, I'm jumping in. Do oh. put up a 1,000 yards while battling a freaking sports hernia. Get, everybody needs to get off of Odell Beckham's back. Great. First year in an offense, completely hampered by injury clearly nowhere near 100% and still put up 1,000 yards, I guess. Okay, 1,000 yards is a completely arbitrary benchmark we use that we started using when the league did not pass nearly as much. But still, who cares? That's a lot. (laughs) And now, like you said, Landry, I mean, if he – I have no – I haven't even seen anything recently, so I have no idea how close he is to being healthy. Yeah. But, like – chances are he's going to come in a little hampered from a freaking hip injury. You know, those always take a while to get over. And like, just he's Odell freaking Beckham. I mean, like, I think the hate comes down to so much, either you're upset that he gets hurt so much, or you just don't like him as a person, but that should not weigh in the fact that that dude is very good at playing football. So I, I am all in on the Odell Beckham train right now. Yeah. I got him in the fourth round of the DDCL league. I was, oh, that I was, was so gross was and good for you. So yeah, I, was, I tried trading in so bad. I was disgusted. I traded when I looked in, in there, I was like, what? I traded you the 310 or Tua for Mark Andrews, and then I came back around and I got Odell. Was, oh, that was, was so much fun to start screaming that. collusion once I saw you guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't regret it. It's going gonna, it's gonna to work out. It's going to work out. Um, no, but I love Odell. I'm the same board as you. I've been buying him and, and Juju all over this offseason. Um, oh, yeah. As best I can. Yeah, if people 
people got to listen, guys. You know, like 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 Outhouse said, he's elite. He's going to remain elite. Baker still loves him. Don't let Jarvis get in your way. And I don't think Austin Hooper is going to do it either. Odell will still see at least 130 to 140 targets. He's going to get that. Let's not um, forget to mention they got rid of Freddie Kitchen too. Oh, yeah. I mean, there was a fire in the kitchen with him, man. They had to get that done. I, I'm so glad that they got rid of him. That was ridiculous. Um, and Stefanski's smart. I, I really think he's going to do – I think he's going to do very wise things with Kareem Hunt and Chubb. I think he's going to use them properly. Um, but Odell, like I said, Odell's going to start getting used in the red zone. He was not used enough. Chubb's, what was it, 15 carries for negative 14 yards in the red, in, a, in a five-yard line. Ridiculous. you got to throw the ball. More forward those carries against the Bills. Yeah, they were. They were. They were. We did, we did a good job there. But, yeah, Odell's getting no respect. Um, but speaking of no respect, Adam Gase, uh, head coach of the Jets, sounds like he is getting absolutely no respect from any of his players. We're hearing Jamal Adams come out. We heard Le'Veon Bell uh, previous last season. Sam Darnold's been pretty quiet, as uh, I guess he should be. But do you guys think this is going to affect anybody on the Jets? Do you like anybody on the Jets uh, for dynasty purposes? Maybe are you buying anybody? Um, or selling? I like, uh, I mean, in super flex leagues, at least, I mean, Darnold's going as like the QB 18. Um, he's still extremely young. And even if they get rid of Gase, he's only going to be, what, 24 years old going in with a new, co- new coach, you know, 23, 24 years old. So I'd go buy him up, QB 18. It's that's, I mean, I'm pretty sure that's what it was last time. Look, but, yeah, it's he's a pretty good buy right now, I'd say. And Mims I like a lot. After the last like eight games, I think it was, or the second, well, so I was about to say, or the second half of the season, which is actually eight games. So rock on. Uh, Darnold was a top 10 QB, you know, after coming back from being healthy after the, you know, seeing ghosts uh, Patriots game, he was really good. And that's despite Adam Gase. So I, I'm, a, I'm a very big Darnold as your QB two in a super flex team fan. Yeah. I like that play, and I do like Mims. I just – I like those styles of players, so I think they'll go well together. Yeah, Darnold loved using Inunua for the very short amount of time that he had him as a possession receiver, so I think that uh, – I think Mims is going to take over that role. And uh, he didn't have Herndon the last four games of the year either, and obviously Darnold missed his time. Um, so I think him and having Ryan Griffin, they might run some 12 personnel a bit to help mm-hmm. uh, block for him. That's going to give him some more time to get rid of the ball too. Um, and yeah, Eric, uh, he's actually, uh, like you said, 18th for the June ADP. So good call on that one. Um, <clears throat> yeah, no, nobody else really that I think I'm looking at. I mean, actually I do like Le'Veon Bell. I think his ADP is like 22. Um, I, I like Le'Veon Bell a lot. He was extremely inefficient last year. Uh, I don't think he can do any worse than he did last season. <laughs> I really don't. I think he had three touchdowns. It, it was just horrendous, but he was still finishes the running back 20. I just think that he's going to at least be able to to give you maybe a top 15 finish, and he's still going to get a lot of catches. He had like 60, 63 maybe last year, 65. Um, but that's going to wrap up the news and notes. So I think what we're going to do is slide over to our segment of the Mafia Market. And let's talk about a couple of trades this week. We have a 12-team Superflex 1.75 tight end premium, uh, starting it off with – I think Eric made this trade. Uh, he traded Cameron Brait, a 2021 second and a 2022 first for Tyler Higby. Let's get uh, Outhouse's opinion here, the Superflex guru, on what he thinks about that trade. Uh, man, um, I want those picks. I like Tyler Higby, uh, but 
Tyler, Higby, Tyler, Tyler Higby started doing really well after Everett got hurt. And I know the Rams are going to start running some. And if you gave team context, I accidentally knocked my earbud out of my ear. So I don't know, because you were about to start saying that team. Uh, so I don't <laughs> know if I missed you say something already. So my bad. But just value-wise, honestly, I know it's a 22 first. But man, I think that value's there. I would just take that. And I get it that the 1.75 is a lot of a premium. But it might, Well, so my, my team's looking like a strong contender. Um, and... I really needed some tight end help. So he thought he literally thought about it for like a week before he accepted too. So, I mean, I wasn't even able to take anything out of that. So I went this, this league, the, the one guy he has like four tight ends and he's like, no, I'm a huge tight end guy. I'm not going to trade any of them. So it's, it's real tough to trade people. And well, you're I, a big, yeah. you're a big Higby guy, Eric. Yeah. I'm also a huge Higby guy. So I think he's going to be great this year too. Dude, throw 22 picks around <laughs> like they're nothing because if you want it, you'll get it back later. I, I, can't, I wish I could remember what trade I just did right through a 22 pick out. And I was just like, hey, whatever. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, just because whatever. It's so far away, especially like from right now where we just finished the 2020 rookie drafts. It's just. Exactly. My, my line was I can get it back whenever. And you know what? I'll trade for a different 2022 first because mine, I traded away the 112. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's what um, that's exactly what I did. My my one of my leagues too. I had no picks, and I had, I had three picks this year. It's just like you said. You just got to keep thinking about making moves. Don't make one trade and then say, "Oh, I'm done trading." Oh, make always trade. Moves. Yeah, make a trade to just keep making trades. Yeah, like no, this mine thing, was for this... a tight end. Also, I just remembered it. I traded Paris Campbell, Mike Gesicki, and a 22 first for Zach Ertz and a 22 third. Okay. So wait, it was Parrish Campbell, Jasicki, a second for Ertz and a third. I like that. Outhouse, you traded for Ertz? Yeah. See, I'm, I'm on the other side with Ertz. Keenan doesn't like Ertz. <laughs> I'm a sell Ertz guy. Um, I, uh, I sold him in two leagues. I actually – I literally only got a third round for him in one, one pick because I wanted a player really bad in our draft. And I just – Who was that player? I was about to say, I need to know who you Both wanted so much. Both of that. Um, and I had Dallas Goddard on my team, and I just I, – I looked at his age and his contract situation and, and what, what, what's going Tight on. Tight ends can play into their mid to late 30s. Yeah, and he, Zach Ertz's contract situation has been bad for the past three years, and they have kept yeah. just extending him. He still yeah. has I, two more years left. I have I so many Goddard shares because I'm like, nope, this is going to happen next year. Or Ertz is going to cost too much money. They're going to have to get rid of him. And then they just keep restructuring or extending. I, I'm over it at this point. Yeah, I, I don't think Ertz is going to do, do what he did last year, I, or especially the year before. I mean, that's also my love of Rager, because like, I think he's going to do well enough that they won't need to use Ertz as much. But yeah. I still think he will be super solid every week, dependable. And that's really – I have uh, – well, the Trade Addicts Leagues are 1.75 for tight ends also. So – with that much, just give me four or five catches a game, and I'll be happy with whatever he does with it. You'll, you'll be regretting that trade when uh, when there's no NFL season and you're getting hurts at 32. Oh, quit it. <laughs> no, let's talk about this for a second. If everyone expand, <laughs> if everyone goes up a year without any wear or tear on their body, does that's, it matter? If it happens to everybody, are we still upset about it? I, that's true. Like Gronkowski, is really a negative? He was gone for a year. I guess. I, I guess. mean, I'm not going to say he's going to come back and be Gronk of old, but was it a negative that he's going to come back after taking a year off and 
I mean, oh, that dude needed muscle. some time off. That yeah, dude's he body. That, <laughs> he, did, he needed some, uh, yeah, a lot of time. Um, but you're right, though. That's going to be – That's a good if, point. I'll give you if that. that does happen, you're, everybody's fresh. That's – I mean, that would be crazy. You would hope you would hope everybody would stay physical and fit with that. Um, but, like, imagine going into a year where no one is injured. <laughs> Like, how weird would that be? <laughs> like, of course, once training camp started, it would start happening. But, yeah, like, right away, at say. the beginning, no one is really coming, unless someone did something really stupid in the offseason. Or, like, what was it? Like, Dave Garrard, like, broke his leg once, like, slipping by the side of a pool. Um, <laughs> was, uh, oh, yeah, CJ Spiller. CJ Spiller slipped on our side, and he tweaked his ankle for, like, a month. Oh, that was rough. But, I mean, well, even thinking on – speaking on the next season, too, if they're talking about this impact of no fans, I mean, the salary cap could potentially drop almost 30%. That could really impact 2021 offseason. I mean, not to to go too far down the rabbit hole with this, but that's something that people should maybe look look into during this offseason. I'm sure we'll get more information as we get there, but – it's all imaginary um, numbers anyway. Ex- yeah. Oh, yeah, you're not wrong there. <laughs> They'll start getting a luxury tax like the NBA. <laughs> um, so let's move on maybe to uh, the other, another trade here. Uh, Marquise Brown for a 21 first and a 21 third. Now, I'm pretty high on Marquise Brown, and I definitely st- – I think I would do this trade. I think it was another uh, trade that Eric made, but I would definitely same exact league, same exact team, same exact trade, same. It was my yeah, contender you know. team. I, I I was just desperate for depth, and well, I also I love Hollywood too. Um, so yeah, I think I think he's you're gonna see him this year. He's gonna be fully healthy. He's gonna be on full snap count. He's uh, hopefully. He's oh, you not mean gonna he's be gonna be twelve months out of that foot injury? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. There you go. Um, it's going to be yeah. a good thing for him. We're going to talk a lot more about him a little later, but do you think uh, – what side do you think you'd have there, uh, Autos? It's pretty even to me. Um, yeah. I had a much larger trade where Hollywood was part of it, and when I put it together in my head, it was Hollywood's worth a little more than a second to me, a 21 second. So oh, wow. I'm not the biggest fan. His He's so little, it scares me. That's really the biggest part, and – the efficiency he needs to keep up in that offense to be what I think people think he, what he has the talent to be and what he will produce in that offense, I think is a little not connecting. Like if he was on a, a more high flying passing team, I think he would be a lot better, but the efficiency, yeah. the efficiency they need to keep in that offense is insane for him to, you know, be worth what I think he's going for. So would, if I was a competing team and I believed in Marquise Brown, I would easily send a first and a third. I have a team that I have no idea what I'm doing with, and I wanted – man, I got Baker and Calvin Ridley, and those are two of my, you know, my love people um, in the NFL. So I was willing to spend a little more and sold Hollywood. I was fine getting rid of him for a little less than what probably could have gotten for him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I got Baker as my QB two uh, in that league. Josh Allen and Baker are my two QBs. Ooh, I love that combo. Well, the only thing I want to say there, though, about Marquise is 10 out of the 14 games, his snap percentage was under 65%. So he's, he wasn't on the field. We obviously have to attribute that, I'm sure, to his foot injury. Mm-hmm. But yeah. if he starts jumping up to 90% of the snaps, or even just 85, you know, 90 would be a lot. But even if he can get to 80 or 85, 
that would be a lot more. And out of those games, he had six of them was with at least double digit PPR points. Uh, that's, that's a pretty good, like you said, it's extremely efficient. And I think he can definitely continue to be efficient even with the higher t- target volume because he had just seven touchdowns on, on 71 targets. So if he can even increase that to maybe a hundred targets and get 60 catches, I think it's very real to think he can get a thousand yards and in, in eight to 10 touchdowns. Um, but I've also seen him be able to maneuver so well, even just in the short game. Um, he, he's actually a really underrated route runner. He's very good at that. Um, I'm really excited for Marquise Brown, but uh, yeah, I can definitely see that side where, you know, maybe that uh, throwing the ball, not that much wouldn't, uh, wouldn't attribute well to him. And they don't use a lot of the screen game either. So like we are, yeah. it's tough to like, we, we were always waiting for the, you know, the next Tyreek Hill at this point, like that's who we're looking for. The problem is Tyreek Hill is such a freaking outlier that like that doesn't, that that's not really going to happen. We're looking for Marquise Brown to be the next Deshaun Jackson and Deshaun Jackson is old at this point and there hasn't been anyone like him since. And so that me, like that makes it harder for me to believe that he will be able to keep Marquise Brown will be able to keep this up. I mean, I always root for everyone to succeed because it's more fun if there's more fantasy points being scored, but I don't know if I'll believe it'll happen. The only thing that scares me about him, about uh, Hollywood is, is Lamar Jackson able to throw that ball uh, outside the numbers? We, we all know that he loves his tight ends in the middle of the field, and Marquise mm-hmm. Brown's going to probably line up on outside the numbers. Like you said, he doesn't really – they don't really throw the screen play enough. So if Lamar Jackson improves – Outside of numbers, I think I think he Hollywood. did line up in the slot. Though um, he did have some, I think it was like twenty or thirty percent. Though he was in the slot, so they did use him a couple of places. But um, yeah, I just I think so much of it is that that damn foot. Um, that's why I really think I think it's just going to be a big change for them, and they want to stay fast. They drafted Prochet. They drafted uh, oh my Duvernay. goodness, Duvernay. Duvernay. Thank you, Devin Duvernay. Yeah, like they they're going to stay fast, and uh, Mark Andrews unfortunately with the diabetes can't play, you know, a normal snap count of a, an elite tight end. So somebody has to replace that. And that's where miles Blanco will come in and, and they'll take away from um, Marquise, yeah. but they got to throw it more. I know that's what we're all, we're all coming down to. And, um, and I they think, won't. I, 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 <laughs> they're, 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 they're going, going. for sure. Yeah, <laughs> they have to. Um, so, Let's move. Why don't we move over to our segment? I think we'll come back to uh, the mafia market a little later because I know Eric has a little bone to pick uh, with Outhouse about Cooper Cup. So, <laughs> speaking on Marquise Brown, I want to move to our, our year two wide receivers ADP. So, we're going to go over their positional ADP. But what I want to talk about first is just ask, uh, just ask a question. So, 18 wide receivers since 2000 uh, has had, have had more than 900 yards, uh, 900 or more yards as rookies. Uh, we kind of talked about that a little earlier with three three more coming uh, last season with DK, Metcalf, uh, Terry McLaurin, and A.J. Brown. Uh, Debo Samuel had 802, so he wasn't too far off, and he didn't play a full season, so that's that's something to attribute it to. But I want to know maybe what you guys think with DK, McLaurin, and A.J. Brown, how that maybe could fare for them because the list of the 18 players is actually pretty, pretty astonishing when you look at it. Um, so I'm going to read that off real quick. It's Juju Smith-Schuster, A.J. Green, Marquise Colston, Dwayne Bowe, Sammy Watkins, Julio Jones, Amari Cooper, Andre Johnson, Deshaun Jackson, 
Odell Beckham Jr., Michael Thomas, Mike Evans, Michael Clayton, Eddie Royal, Keenan Allen, um, Mike Williams, not the Charger. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Charger. <laughs> and then Kelvin Benjamin and Anquan Bolden. So the point of reading off that list is how many of those names do you recognize? And that's all since 2000. Those oh, are all fit. Do you it's remember a Eddie Royal? Oh, man. I, right? <laughs> wow. I forgot that name until – That I, was the wow. Jay Cutler time too. So, oh, man. That guy was fun to watch. <laughs> he did in, in the but you know his rookie season plus I think it was there was another season besides his rookie where he had a, a great year besides that those were his top two years yeah. but he's one of the few on this list um, that really had a negative career after their rookie season you can see it's an astonishing list so we're going to talk about the second year wide receivers today but like I said DK McLaurin and AJ Brown being on that does this mean anything to you well, I mean these guys are awesome in the first place uh, let's, I mean, let's go through each of them. DK Metcalf, man, I don't think anybody saw him being not necessarily this good because he's a beast, but it, you know, I'm a Seahawks fan. So I guess I've seen it a little more than anyone else. Well, that is I loved him coming in last year. Yeah. See, I, I wanted AJ Brown so bad that I was just, it doesn't matter. It didn't matter who they drafted. I was going to be upset about it. <laughs> um, but like, they did. They were so smart with him where they took it nice and easy in the beginning. And then as the year went on, he ran more and more routes. And the thing is that he was running them pretty well. And the biggest thing with DK is he became Doug Baldwin where it's, uh-oh, play breaks down because the offensive line is atrocious as always. Russell Wilson's running, running, running. Oh, there's DK. I'm just going to throw the ball at him. He'll catch it. And that's, I mean, that makes you the number one receiver in the Seahawks because that's, like I just said, half the play because their offensive line's atrocious. Mm -hmm. So DK Metcalf getting better as the season went on, which means he still can get better. Plus him being that guy that Russell Wilson looks for, I think gives him a huge ceiling. Terry McLaurin, I mean, was again, great. But man, who were his quarterbacks? They were so bad. Exactly. He still did so well. And they didn't, like, I mean, and we don't have to worry about Antonio Gandy-Golden. I mean, he's not going to steal targets from terry mclaurin so that's what i was going to ask he's still the guy like mclaurin is still easily the guy there and then aj brown is just freaking awesome so i mean i don't not much is going to change for him i think it's going to be a little bit of a struggle for the offense to be as efficient as they were like Tannehill, like is was Tannehill bad or was it adam gase <laughs> is one of those you know the real question or is Tannehill yeah. really this good uh so Maybe, but still, AJ Brown is that good. So, I I think all three of them are, you know, could easily be on this list. Like they deserve to be there. So I I definitely think they have bright futures. And I am all in on. I went on tried to go on a mini buying DK streak, but I only got one. Well, you are a Seahawks man, so I did. Anyone... I, I uh, before before all of our rookie drafts, I traded uh. I traded Leonard Fournette, Nicole Hardman, and Anthony Miller for uh, DK Metcalf and 105. Oh, wow. That's a great yeah. trade for you. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, was I, I was excited about that. He was, all, he, he, he was desperate for running back help, and he, uh, he's a competing team too. So, yeah. he, he was so Fournette's good for him, yeah. But like in 20 minutes from now, uh, DK is going to be worth more than Fournette. So Absolutely, I mean, that yeah. easily worked out for him. <laughs> well, well like, uh, Jeremy's league, Pope's league, yeah. Well, who did the trade? What did you who, say? Uh, who accepted that trade? I'm gonna go to their house right now. 
<laughs> I think it was Scoots. Oh my god! I gotta double check though. Alex, classic Alex. Well, well, talking talking about DK here, he did finish thirty third last year in PPR, but his current ADP for wide receivers is eighteen. Now he got exactly a hundred targets. There's rumors about Antonio Brown. Uh, Outhouse Seattle fan here. Are you worried at all? And do you think that 18th is a good spot for DK? I think it's good because it will DK Metcalf be a top 12 fantasy wide receiver? Probably not. He could though. Will he be wide receiver 24? Probably not. He could though. <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah. like, being right in the middle of that 18 spot is kind of perfect, right? <laughs> so, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, I'm, all, I'm all about that 18 spot. I think I have him higher than that, yeah. but it makes sense that he's there. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you because uh, a bunch of your guys, Calvin Ridley, Allen Robinson, and Kelly Gallad- Kenny Galladay, 12, thir- 12, 14, and 15, do you think that's where DK should be, yes. in your opinion? Um, he is probably the bottom of that tier, yeah. but he belongs in that tier for sure. The only thing I want to ask you, Outhouse, does it scare you that he is going to be that true number one this year where where Lockett, you know, his age, he's 28, and defenses are going to adjust more into covering Metcalf more over Lockett? Nope. Uh, See, here's the thing. I don't don't think Lockett was getting blanketed in in any way, shape, or form. The thing with the Seahawks offense is – you have to play close to the line of scrimmage against them because they run so much and because Russell Wilson can run. So I, I don't think that really comes into play. And first of all, DK is a gigantic man. So, I mean, him getting double coverage isn't really the biggest, biggest like concern because uh, he can just like go through and over people to catch a ball. Uh, but no, I, I think they have to play very balanced because I mean, like, you know, I said before, you don't really want to trust, you know, like Deshaun Jackson, like efficiency, but like Lockett, he's done it two years in a row where, I mean, man, two years ago where he literally had a perfect passer rating. His yeah, rating. that was insane. It's got, it's Wilson, man. He's just so he's good. so damn good. His, the trajectory of his deep ball is like art to watch. Like it, like literally almost drops straight down into people's hands. It's just beautiful. So that, like, I, I don't think you can really... Like putting one person on Lockett is a terrible idea without having a safety on top, which means you're going to double both wide receivers, which means, man, they're just going to run a draw, put it in the belly of hopefully Chris Carson, who's hopefully has his legs and hips in one place. And, you know, he'll just run for a 60 yard touchdown. I mean, I'll be sad for my fantasy shares of those wide receivers, but I'll be super happy as a Seahawks fan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's exactly like you said, where Wilson just drops those deep balls. That's what I would do when I would watch, you know, DK play all of a sudden that ball's just coming and he just goes up and he gets it. Yeah. And it's just like, you're, well, you can make those plays. Like I'm not saying Randy Moss, you know, he's not going to be Randy Moss, but it just reminded me a bit of like Tom Brady and Randy Moss in 07, where he would yep. just, launch it and then dk's there because he can be that guy right but let me yeah, let me I'm ask i want two separate little rants right now oh, first all right. of all <laughs> i freaking randy moss on the patriots i hate the patriots just because they're the patriots but um that dude would take randy moss would take like five steps and then throw his hand in the air to say he was open oh it was God. the gr- it was the greatest thing to watch like oh, it wasn't. 
it was just so much fun. Sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> but it was just so great. And because he was, he was Randy Moss and he had such, oh, it was so much fun. Like, seriously, five steps and he's like calling for the ball. Yeah. It was so good. Uh, but back to the Seahawks for a second. Uh, I, like everyone else, for a long time was screaming like, you're paying Russell Wilson this much money. Why aren't you letting him throw the ball? The reason they, the reason they pay him so much money is because he's as good as he is. Because right. the few times they throw it, they know he is going to put that ball where it needs to be. So that's why the low volume of Seattle's passing game doesn't scare me for either Wilson or their wide receivers for fantasy purposes. Because they are that efficient. They are that good because Russell Wilson is that good. And because they, yeah, they don't usually get guys who drop the ball too often either. You know, to, uh, you know, freaking curse and leaves the team and then all of a sudden does great on the Lions for a season or two or something. But like, <laughs> he would, ugh, every third down, he'd drop the ball. It was so freaking infuriating. But, well, someone's not going to drop the ball now that they got, and that's Greg Olson. And now Will Disley's healthy. That's another yeah. thing that I think. Will Disley's going, always healthy, right? Hey, you stop it. I'm always riding the Will Disley train. I may have accidentally traded a 202 for him yeah. uh, like four months ago. Before like, was there heavy air quotes around it? Before we knew it was a 202, before we knew that. Yeah, okay. But I was also, you know, a little high. Anyways, so. Um, a little what? Sorry, high on Disley. <laughs> so Either way, uh, the, the statement worked. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so what I was trying to get at was Disley and Olsen, like nobody's been there last season to take care of the middle of the field. So safeties were always able to go after Lockett yep. or, or DK. They're going to be there now, especially Olsen. Like, I, I think they're going to run a lot of 12 personnel. It's going to protect Wilson. I mean, he's great. He needs to almost get out of the pocket, like you said. But, yeah, I think DK is in for an extremely efficient year again. And, and it, it can mean 10 touchdowns upside. It really can. Oh, yeah. That, that's Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. And let's, let's shift over from DK. He's getting a lot of attention. Um, somebody with some extremely high upside, uh, Terry McLaurin with a current ADP of 24. And he finished 29th last year in PPR. He did only have the 14 games. Uh, but he did have uh, a little bit more – he had 19 more yards in the same amount of catches than DK, um, but did have seven less targets. He had extremely identical numbers to Juju uh, in his rookie year. Do you think uh, McLaurin's the next player to, to maybe make that extremely, extreme, extreme ascension to elite level, even though he doesn't have an elite quarterback, uh, Keenan? Um. I don't know, man. It, it, that's, that's the part that scares me. I love – I call him Scary Terry. Um, I love him. I, I, uh, last year, you know, I picked him up in waivers, and he won me, a, won me a couple leagues. But the thing that scares me is the quarterback. Is, are they going to figure that out? Is, who's, their quarter, who's their quarterback? Uh, Wayne Haskins. Yeah, is he going to – Or Kyle Allen. Come I was on, just yeah. Yeah. Well, I think Kyle Allen's better, but they're going to obviously go with Haskins, but – that's the thing that scares me is, is he going to be able to produce the numbers he produced last year? Um, hey, Haskins I, got McLaurin drafted. Yeah. So maybe, I mean, You're damn not, right I, I, that, that isn't enough to make me shift to a yes, but yeah, I, I the think the thing is, is, is Rivera going to want Haskins to be his guy? Um, he's obviously going to give him the chance to, to, to prove it, but there's I, a good, I, I, there's not, a good chance not revise we, any history to re- try and make ourselves believe that Kyle and yeah. Allen, Kyle Allen was good. He's only there for comfortability. Oh, no. If yes. Dwayne Haskins gets injured, he knows the offense. Yes. That's all they want. They trust Dwayne yeah. Haskins. He's but, going to get McLaurin the ball. 
if it's going south and they end up with one of these really good QBs next year, then oh, McLaurin, yeah, that then McLaurin's upside. Yeah, that's pretty different. I don't care higher. how much you like your quarterback. You fumble your way into Lawrence or Fields. Exactly. By old quarterback. Yeah. But, but if they if they get one of, if they get one of Lawrence or Fields, then you know how how much upside does uh, McLaurin have? It, it it just skyrockets, I believe. Mm-hmm. Right I, I think he's the best. I think he really is the best of this group. I mean, obviously, okay. it's extremely arguable, but I love Terry McLaurin. Um, I really like Paris Campbell coming out. I really liked Paris mm-hmm. Campbell coming out, and that's when McLaurin just comes out of nowhere. It really shows you something. The fact that he's with Dwayne Haskins, his old college guy, I, I, I don't want to say I fully believe into it. You know, Mason Rudolph and James Washington didn't really work out, but I think these guys are, are, are somebody that could do it. Dwayne Haskins had like over 50 touchdowns. Um, but Terry McLaurin's the first player in NFL history to catch at least five passes and a touchdown in his first three games. PFF, Pro Football Focus, graded him the second highest rated rookie in the last decade. I th- wow. Again, we say, we say this, and we didn't even know his quarterback's name a second ago. I mean, you guys, you got, we got to know that he is going to be a fantastic player. You should be buying him. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I would be, I'd, honestly, I'd pay the 105. I'd pay the 104 maybe for him. Maybe if I didn't need a quarterback, but I would go that high. I was, I was looking at a chart. Wow, I might be the only that. one going that high. Uh, I don't know. I definitely – Man, I would, I think I would be terrified of sending the four, but the five, yeah. I would definitely. So knowing what I know now, he would be my top receiver in this class, obviously. But – I put uh, – no. I, 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 I still would have him personally in the top. Are we just – are we talking talent wise or are we still talking fantasy? Like if we were Oh, fantasy wise. Sorry. Yeah, we're talking fantasy wise. Like if I was picking if I was re- if I was doing a draft right now, I would I would want McLaurin over all these guys. Well, you would still take McLaurin over AJ Brown? Oh, sorry. Just with the, the rookies this year. Like if he was in this rookie class. Oh, in like this rookie class. Yeah, sorry. yeah. If he was I in this rookie class, like he'd be in the Sorry, no, I'm and yes, I would actually take him over AJ Brown. But we will talk Ooh. about that in a second. Man, you got to find some trades to get rid of uh, AJ Brown. And <laughs> I, I also feel like Washington didn't use him enough last year. There's a chart that um, Pro Football Focus uh, posted not too long ago. And you sponsor your show or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but from week seven, 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 eight, nine, and ten, he was used as a fourth option on on a, a fourth option on other teams. So they weren't using him at enough. Um, and then weeks five, six, and seven, he was used like he was number one uh, um, wide receiver on the team. So I feel like they didn't use him right, but he still put up those great numbers. If they would have used them in every single week the way they should have, I think he would have been had a larger, larger, uh, better stats. He only had four four games with nine plus targets. Yeah, and he did this in 14 games. He had 58 catches, 919 yards, and seven touchdowns. I mean, with a crappy quarterback, a, a rookie quarterback at that. I'm sorry, not crappy. He's going to progress himself this year. He will. Um, I do think Haskins has an opportunity. Um, I just, like I said, I, I really, really do like what McLaurin brings to the table, and I like F1 McLaurin instead of Scary Terry. Nah, scary. Well, he he chose F1, so I'm going to stick with F1. Exactly. I, I respect the man's decision. Me and my bu- me and my couple buddies started at. <laughs> well, it, it definitely it definitely grew with everybody. Uh, that's for sure. The thing, um, the thing with him last year, I tried to trade him so many times after he had those. You know, he had a great week six and a and a week what is it here week seven I think, and no one bid on him. And I'm glad no one 
no one took the trades because now I'm, lo- I'm loving that he's on my team. Yep. Yeah, let's move uh, to the aforementioned A.J. Brown. So ADP of the eighth wide receiver right now. Uh, finished 21 in 21st in PPR last year, uh, but we know he didn't start the full season. Didn't really get onto it until uh, a little after week six. Tannehill, Ryan Tannehill came, uh, traded from Miami. So he wound up finishing um, as the wide receiver three in non-PPR and the number seven in PPR when Tannehill started, which was a total of 10 games. So Outhouse, let's, uh, let's, let's battle this out here. Let's talk about A.J. Brown. What? I know we're going to be splitting hairs, I'm sure. They're great players. Well, see, here's the thing. Like that, that is too high for someone we've seen do it for a couple of games with, again, like when they – the Titans didn't miss touchdowns. It's so weird to say that. Like they never had to kick field goals. <laughs> like they, they just they, – their, their touchdown efficiency was insane. Like everything about that – their offense was insane. I love AJ Brown as a player. I think he's really good. I, I wide receiver eight. That's nuts. That's that's way too high. Can't get him that much lower though. To be fair, like you can't push him that much further down. So, yeah, I. Your your boy Odell Beckham is at nine. Oh, I take Odell over him. Yeah. I, I you won't have to, but I will. Yeah, and nine Odell, ten's Mike Evans, yep, and eleventh, yeah, eleventh Amari. You take Kenny Amari? Yep. Then Kenny Galladay. Okay. Uh, Calvin Ridley. Yeah, 15. Uh, see, here's my thing, because A.J. Brown is that number one guy. Calvin Ridley, it will be two years before he takes over what hopefully by then will be a slowing down Julio Jones, because, I mean, I need Calvin Ridley to just be the greatest person ever <laughs> with the amount of love and shares I have of him. Uh, but... Yeah, no, I still uh, – A.J. Brown over Calvin Ridley. Yeah, it's, I mean, it is tough to pass up because on those full snaps, he was on pace for, for 60 catches, 1,424 yards, and 11 touchdowns. So we know there has to be a re- regression. Um, he had 20.2 yards per catch, which was the highest in the league since 2014 uh, for a rookie. Wow. Um, or I'm sorry, and for a rookie, it was the highest since 1995. So we know my man can catch a deep ball. Mm-hmm. And it's not even just that though. He can he can do it behind the line, and he'll start he'll take it eighty yards if he needs to. He's he's extremely athletic, and yeah, I was higher on AJ Brown than Metcalf, but I wasn't super high on either. I didn't like Tennessee. I'm sure a lot of people didn't, but it's tough, so tough to trust in Tannehill. You're right. Was it Gase? I mean, he didn't do so bad with. Jeez, uh, was it Dan Campbell? I think he had him right in the beginning. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, Muscle Man Dan, but. I don't know. I think uh, I uh, I think that AJ Brown his efficiency will have to go down or his targets will have to go up. Yeah, I'm not a believer in Ryan Tannehill. I just we know what Ryan Tannehill is based on what he did in Miami. If they didn't sign Ryan Tannehill to that four year deal and they signed him to a one or two year deal, and that would kind of give me hope that they were going to draft a quarterback in the near future. I take AJ Brown in a dynasty league in eighth overall all day, but the fact that they committed to Ryan Tannehill for four years. That's kind of scary. He did have that for that one season where he was healthy. He in Miami, he had like a four, 5,000 yeah. yard season. So, I mean, I don't think he's bad by any I, means, 
But man, as long as they have their defense playing as well as they do, and if they keep stringing Derrick Henry along, they're a playoff team. So, I mean, I don't think they're going to be in the line to draft a quarterback within the next two years anyway. And that was my next yeah. point is with, with Derrick Henry, I need Ryan Tannehill to throw the ball more for A.J. Brown to be, to be at eight. There's five games last year that Ryan Tannehill completed third, 15 passes for once. Yep, sounds better. And, and it just, it's just not enough. It's not enough for me to say I'm drafting A.J. Brown at eight where I can just get Odell Beckham Jr. with Mayfield throwing him the ball 30 – where Mayfield's throwing the ball 30 times a game. Yeah, I was very, I was very surprised that he was, he was wide, receiver, wide receiver eight. Um, you're paying for agent potential. Um, mm-hmm. He's he's not going to finish as a top 10 guy this year, not even top 12, I don't think. I could definitely see a top 15 finish. Um, he's going to be – I think he's going to be better. He's going to get more work overall, um, more targets most likely there. But that that offense runs through Derrick Henry. It's going to run through Derrick Henry. They want to extend Derrick Henry to a long-term contract. So Tannehill, I agree. Tannehill's actually – I do think he's he's pretty good. He's he's not one of the worst QBs in the league. He's, I'd say he's, he's a middle-of-the-pack middle starter. Um, but, but, yeah, the – the issue is they just they just don't pass a lot, um, but you know I, I'm not not real big on Corey Davis or anybody else they have there. So he's going to be the guy. He's hopefully going to be a little bit more uh, consistent throughout the season this year. But but yeah, I, I don't I don't see a a top eight finish at all. Yeah, that's something that we're we're all talking about is they got to throw the ball more. And only four teams since 2014 have had less than 450 pass attempts, and it was the 2018 and 19 Titans, the 2019 Ravens, and the 2019 or the 2018 Seahawks. Now, who's on those teams? Marquise Brown, AJ Brown, DK Metcalf. Um, the 49ers had 452 attempts, so if you want to include them, Debo Samuel. So you have extremely efficient teams that don't throw the ball so much. So you have to rely on that. We already know the Seahawks are efficient as long as Russell Wilson's on, uh, you know, on that team, the Titans have done it for two years in a row where they have, or at least one year in a, so far. So we can see what maybe Ryan Tannehill will do. Um, but yeah, they have to throw the ball more. And I'm intrigued to see John Smith start to maybe break out uh, in that tight end role Big because Johnny Tannehill Smith. did so well with Charles clay uh, for the, the limited year, a uh, couple years that he had him. So I think he maybe will take some relief off of A.J. Brown, but he needs those targets. Uh, anybody else got anything more to say in A.J. Brown? So we all love A.J. Brown. It's just it's just a spot. It's just the price. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, like we said, it's tough because we want Odell and, and, and Mike Evans and a couple other players, but uh, as Eric stated, we, we like that youth uh, also. So next, uh, next is Debo. He's going around ADP 26, Debo Samuel for San Francisco. We did talk about him a bit earlier, so we don't have to touch on him too much. Um, it was mentioned that he does have that Jones fracture and he could miss potentially 10 to 12 weeks. But just more so I want to talk about that ADP of 26. He's in between Robert Woods and Tyler Lockett and only two behind Terry McLaurin and Jerry Judy. Do you think that that maybe is too high for Debo Samuel? I bet I bet over the next month you'll or like when the next uh, July ADP comes out, I bet it'll be it'll be a little bit lower than twenty six. Yeah. Um, so if you want him, just wait a little bit. Um, but I don't. I mean, before the in- injury, I don't think it was too high at all. Um, I would have definitely. You said it was between Lockett and Robert Woods. 
Yeah, he's got Robert Woods right above him, Lockett's behind him. I mean, J- Justin Jefferson, Jalen Rager, Tyler Boyder behind him. I think I'd want all three of those over Debo Samuel. Mm-hmm. Um, Justin Jefferson, yeah. Jalen Rager, and, and Tyler Boyd. Um, even Marquise Brown's right behind there. Yeah, so I'm just uh, – I think you're right. I think um, – what did we get this news? It was probably about two weeks ago, and, yeah, June's almost over, so. Yeah, I mean, I like Debo. Like, I, everyone's worried about Ayuk, but, you know, Ayuk can be there. He can he can take the top off while Debo just, you know, does his work underneath. You know, he, he – that's what people – some people don't even realize, that he, he beats people underneath and he breaks big plays. And um, that, that's part of his game, and he can do that. And I think Ayuk would actually help that out. Um, but I mean, obviously now with the injury, um, it's tough. But yeah, yeah, especially like you said. I mean, they use him everywhere. I mean, from week eight, well, from yeah. week eight on, including you know in the playoffs, he had at least fifty all-purpose yards a game. So you've got a guy that is having some foot issues that you use more than just on passing plays. He's also running yeah. the ball. So it's uh, hopefully he can just uh, heal up. But I do think it's a little high. Yeah. So yeah, that was that's probably enough on Debo. Yeah. Um, I- I think it's a good spot for him as well. Well, that's true. So we talked about uh, Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown a bit. Um, We don't need to really wrap too much on him, but I do want to ask a couple questions on on these these, these, uh, wide receivers that we just talked about. Who do you think has the highest ceiling out of them, uh, House? Out of the guys we just talked about? Yeah, of uh, A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, Terry McLaurin. Uh, Marquise Brown, and then if you want to put Debo in there. Man, like putting team and talent and all of that. All right, so let, let's let's have some real fun. If, <laughs> the, if Washington is terrible and they end up with Fields or Lawrence, then easily the answer is McLaurin right there. Um, sure. But, man, I just – DK is so uh, – Doug Baldwin was never the greatest wide receiver in the world. He had the only thing that was great about Doug Baldwin was his hands. That dude had the strongest hands in the world to beat off press coverage and to just grab that ball and not let go. DK is a beast compared to most people, but especially to Doug Baldwin. And if he is really assuming that role, I think his, his ceiling is just, Doug Baldwin was a top 10 wide receiver for a few years. So I don't see why DK can't be touchdowns. Yeah. DK has multiple touchdowns per game upside every single game. Yeah, I definitely agree. DK has, has uh, the highest ceiling. Um, I mean, especially with the running backs there being, you know, potentially hurt coming into the season. I I can definitely see them throwing a little bit more and that's only going to help DK even more. Um, And I definitely think he's going to take over as, as the number one there. Um, and he's what? He's only 22 years old. Um, yeah, I, def- I definitely agree he has the highest upside. But I do agree if if the Redskins got Lawrence or Fields, then McLaurin would definitely be up there. I definitely agree with both of you, um, especially with the news coming out not too long ago with Dolphins coordinator, Brian Schottenheimer. Schottenheimer. Uh, he said that he tends to move um, DK around, around more in the offense. So. DK was used to just lining up on the left side in college. So um, with him moving around, maybe playing more in the slot, you know, maybe maybe doing what kind of what Debo did in San Francisco where uh, doing reverse reverse plays, trying to trying to get some yards 
um, while running the ball, I think he's going to be more effective in that offense. He's going to become that, that true number one for them. He's going to take that next step over Lockett. Well, I think we all have an agreement there. So let's go maybe to – You're not going to be different? Uh, I kind of want to, but – like I want to say McLaurin, but I also – you know, I actually will. I think I will say McLaurin. I will do that. I'm going there to say is. McLaurin. That's right. Plant your flag, man. Yeah, I have to. because Well, the problem was I was going to put him for the highest floor, you know, which my next question is who, who would be, have the highest floor. So I'll talk about him for both. I, like I said, though, I think I've already determined why he has the, the highest floor, in my opinion, because of what he did with that rough quarterback play. He is, in my opinion, what DJ Moore did in Carolina last year. Now you upgraded Teddy Bridgewater. It's not, a, it's not an amazing upgrade, but it's, you know, it's better than Kyle Allen. So if Dwayne Haskins can even make uh, some progression, I think that McLaurin has a great shot at 1,000 yards and 10 touchdowns. Um, so with that being said, that's why I do believe he's got the highest ceiling as well as the highest floor because he's going to get the targets in that offense. I feel comfortable saying he's probably going to get the 100 targets. Um, so that, that's, that's where I'm going to stick. I'm going to go with McLaurin. So who do you think, Eric, has the highest floor of this class? I'm sorry, class, the five wide receivers. Five with the highest floor? Um, probably, honestly, probably DK. Um, he, like I said, he, he's going to be the number one there. Um, like Al House said earlier, he, he's always going to be a threat to get multiple touchdowns. Um, he's a, he, anytime throwing the ball, he's going to catch it. He's going to be uh, Russ's security blanket over the next however long, pretty much his whole career. Um, so, so yeah, I think he's he's always going to be used. He's he's going to be great. So I'm, I'm going to stick with him. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you, Eric. I mean. It's going to be tough, you know, to beat, beat out the quarterback play that he has over there in Seattle with Russell Wilson. So I'm, I'm going to go with DK as well. Well, now hmm. I feel like a super homer and just say DK also, but <laughs> like, right. Okay. So let's put it this way. Who else is going to get the ball in Washington right now? So, I mean, we can't say McLaurin has a super safe floor because he is probably looking at a minimum of like eight targets a game. <laughs> I mean, yeah, true. Uh, well, so if PPR, he catches four of them, five of them, you're looking at probably a double digit game just by accident. So, I mean, there will be, there is unfortunately going to be games where Seattle throws the ball 12 times. It's just part of the truth of being a Seattle fan is so frustrating watching those games. And then Russell Wilson in one of my leagues. Uh, yeah, I I do not own Russell Wilson in any leagues. I I won't do it. It is it's too much of a roller coaster. Uh, until Lockett and DK came around, I actually don't re- never really owned many Seahawks players in general. It's like a rule. I don't like owning players from yeah. from my team. Yeah. I don't. The worst thing ever, and this this came up because I drafted uh, Hauschka, their kicker one year in my redraft league that still had kickers. And like, I remember like getting upset that they scored a touchdown. Cause I only got one point instead of three. I'm like, wait, no, 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 no. Like what? No, no more. Like I'm no more getting upset that Chris Carson ran in and because Lockett didn't catch it. No, no more of that. Yeah. So I try to, yeah. you know, I won't do anything stupid, but I try to avoid having Seahawks on my teams. But now I just, I love DK and Lockett too much to avoid that. Oh, you know, I can't, it's it's just I, I efficiency worries me. I like I said I know Russell Wilson does it um, no matter what with his guys, but when I have to rely on Lockett and DK 
to be very efficient. It just scares me. And mm-hmm. I also like Lockett. And then I got to tell myself, oh, I have to pick the one that I hope is, is efficient. Or then, you, then, like you said, we're riding a roller coaster every week. So it, it, does, it does get tough for me. But I hope that DK can, can bring some more consistency. So will any of these five guys bust, do you think, Keenan? Any of these, like, do you think any of them maybe we saw some really good flashes, but they're going to start going backwards? You know, I want to say no, but that'd be the easy answer. Um, but I, I do love this guy. Um, I traded away a couple guys because I believe in Debo Samuel as my third option at wide receiver. But I, I don't trust Jimmy G. Um, that I think you mentioned it. They they're more they're more of a uh, Kittle offense and they run the ball more or maybe that was outhouse um, I I think Debo would be my my guy there if, if there was going to be a bust I truly don't think I think all five of them have a bright bright career in the NFL but Debo would be my guy I'm a go against my better judgment and I'd say if there is a bust it I mean I, I mean I would say Debo but to be different I'm gonna have to say Hollywood probably. You're not gonna do it, are you? You did Hollywood. Yeah, he's my, he's oh, my guy. But well, I mean, I, like I said, I would pick Debo. I want to be a little bit different here, but and outside of everybody, I mean, I think AJ Brown, DK, and Terry are all, all going to be great. They're going to have great careers. I think Hollywood is going to also, but it's just like we said before, Baltimore was just so efficient, um, and it, is Lamar Jackson going to be able to keep that up for? for a long time. Um, yeah. And that, that, that whole situation there, I mean, who knows how long Lamar is going to be great for if, if he doesn't last long, then, you know, Hollywood's probably not going to last long. Um, but but I, I, yeah, I guess, I mean, I, I, I think he's going to be great, but he would be the one other one that, that I think would have the most chance to bust. Yeah. I was going to uh, go with Hollywood too. Cause he has a, he's one of those guys that seems to, have the ability to be the guy you describe as better for NFL football than for fantasy football. Yeah. Like he has the ability to open the field up for a team that likes to go underneath that likes to use tight ends that likes to run the ball way too much. Yeah. Um, so like he will never, I don't think he's gonna like fade into obscurity by any way, shape or form, but I don't think two years from now, there's a chance we're not trading first round picks for him anymore yeah. like like oh yeah i'll put him in my third because he'll catch that 60 yard bomb for a touchdown which will be nice to have as my last flex spot i not saying that is what's going to happen but i think it's very easy to see that that could happen yeah well i'm gonna i mean i'm in the same realm with the player i'm thinking of which is aj brown um it, and it, and i'm gonna play the relative card of you know we were just talking about adp8 compared to uh adp33 for marquise but A.J. Brown, as, as we said, he needs to have a lot of targets. He's not going to have 20 yards per catch. He may come down let's, – let's just say he comes down to a regular, a regular elite downfield talent of 15 or 16 yards per catch, and he only gets you 50 catches. That's 800 yards. You're going to hope he needs six to eight touchdowns to even consider himself on the borderline of a wide receiver two, uh, wide receiver one, two. And now we're drafting him as, as wide receiver eight. Two years from now, Ryan Tannehill looks to still be there. Who knows if Derrick Henry's not there? If he's not there, well, now you got everybody focusing on Ryan Tannehill and potentially A.J. Brown. 
I'm just seeing a, a completely different world, of course. Um, I don't necessarily believe it all, but I can certainly see A.J. Brown out of these five uh, potentially in two years because of the suspect of the quarterback play and the offense, not necessarily because of his talent. He may still be fantastic and efficient, but he won't return uh, what everybody maybe is looking for. Yeah, also, what I, if they don't resign Henry? What's that offense? I don't think they're going to. I really don't. I don't um, think they will either. And, man, like, that's tough to replace. Like, like, maybe they go get Fournette nice and cheap comparatively, but still, Fournette's not Derrick Henry. Like, that's yeah. – he's... I'm afraid they think Darrington Evans is. Uh, I like the idea of Darrington Evans. Yeah. Not as Derrick Henry, but I still just think he's good in an offense. Like, I, I have a lot of shares in him because they did say they want to throw the ball to the running back a little more, and Henry is not that guy. Yeah. So I do think Evans will get the ball a bit. But he won't. He'll never be the one guy. Uh, but there. is Henry not that guy? The amount of time. I mean, he's got what the he's most a screen like, guy. That's, that's yeah. Fine. And no, just I, every everybody can yards. catch a screen pass. Let's face it. I could catch a screen pass. I <laughs> died true. the second I caught the ball. But not many running backs can plow guys over and go sixty yards down the field. Yeah, like if they can make yeah. it so he catches the ball and has like five six steps before a defender gets there. Yeah, yeah that's that's a great play. Yeah, they, but yeah, I mean, Evans, there. you're going to send on wheel routes. You're not going to really yeah. send Henry on wheel routes. And very no, I agree with that absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I agree with that. Definitely. Uh, yeah, but if, if Henry's trying to get, you know, what, what do you want? Ezekiel Elliott numbers. Um, yeah, there's, I mean, I, I'm, I'm hoping, um, that they, they figure something out and keep him there for the long term, just because I think it's extremely fun to just watch them, watch him play. Um, just watching a big, someone his size just run that fast, just breaking 80 yard touchdown runs is, is just insane. But um, like you, Eric, back in your Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they handed, they handed one ball off to me and I dropped it one time. <laughs> um, they never yeah. gave you the ball again, huh? No, coach told me to get back on the line. Uh, <laughs> coach Gray? No, it was like JV year. Oh, JV. Yeah. Um, but uh, where were we? Um, but yeah, um, I hope they they sign him. But there's obviously a very good chance that they won't. And if they don't, um, then then I think AJ it could turn into an offense with that AJ Brown's going to get a lot more work, and he he could potentially hit on that wide receiver eight value. But I guess I agree with you to where he, I mean, he won't necessarily be a bust, but he could be a bust compared to like what people thought he he's going to be. I guess if that makes sense. Can like if he yeah. finishes, if he finishes wide receiver sixteen, you're not you're not upset. Like it was still a really good year, but he's a bust compared, you know, in in a sense to where he he didn't hit the top eight numbers that you paid for. Yeah, I think there's a better shot that Marquise outperforms his ADP than obviously AJ Brown would, even if he was at ten or twelve. So we'll see how July gets. Um, but what I want to what I want to move on to is maybe a couple of the other. Uh, year two wide receivers. If, if there's any of them you want to touch on, you like Deontay Johnson, Darius Slayton, McCole Hardman, Preston Williams, or Hunter Renfro. Uh, is there anything anybody wants to say about those guys that um, maybe intrigues them or is someone that they think could, could make that jump? I think uh, people should be buying up some Darius Slayton. Um, I, I want to say a couple of weeks ago, his, his ADP was uh, 49. It jumped up to 41 now. Um, but if you look, you know, he, he's 23 years old, uh, in his rookie season last year, he finished as the wide receiver, wide receiver 37. Um, so all he has to do is just matches numbers from last year and he's already beating the ADP you're buying him at. Um, and I can easily see him, 
um, doing much better. I mean, I mean, Golden Tate's not going to be there for the long term. Uh, Sterling Shepard, he's a good wide receiver, but he's not great in my opinion. Um, I can definitely see Darius Slayton taking over there. He's a big play guy. Um, Daniel Daniel Jones is going to like to like to go to him. Um, you know, they they upgraded their offensive line there, so hopefully it'll it'll help Jones out a little bit too. Um, and yeah, I I think you're paying you're paying almost nothing to get him. And he, I think he's somebody that can easily finish as a top 30 wide receiver. You know, I bought a bunch of Nicole Hardman stocks because Sammy Watkins decided to tell everyone that he was going to retire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, that kind of bit me in the butt. Um, that that would have been my guy that I would that I would tell everyone and you know buy buy some shares of him. But I do agree with you. It, Eric with Darius Slayton. I think I think that offense with uh, Daniel Dimes, as you like to call him, um, I think they're going to improve, and I think he's going to become that number one there in New York. No one else? <laughs> I mean. What's that? Um, I like Preston Williams, too. He's like yeah. uh, ADP 53 or something like that. He's yeah, like he's, that. he's got a low ADP. Deontay Johnson's ADP 40. Um, I mean, terrible quarterback play with, with Mason Rudolph and Hodges. We got Big Ben coming back. Um, Juju was injured in and out. He had at least six targets in 10 of the games. So, um, and, and then in the end, when Juju got injured, he had at least uh, 60 yards in the end of his game. So I, I think he's someone that can take a good leap with getting just under 700 yards um, with that rough quarterback play. And like I said, Big Ben coming in. Uh, Pittsburgh does really well with their quarter with their wide receivers. They drafted Claypool, who can play on the outside. Um, yeah, I like I like Deontay Johnson the most. I think out of these guys, except Johnson probably at this point has the highest price out of all of them. That's true. Like his yeah. his hype is getting a little out of control. Where I I think it's past the point. I agree with everything you said. Like he did really well, even with awful awful quarterback play. So let's say Ben does come back, Juju comes back healthy. Can we have that shift where Juju is now Antonio Brown and Deontay Johnson is Juju? I mean, does that lead to Deontay Johnson getting over 100 targets? Maybe. I mean, is he the player that Juju was? Probably not. But that still can lead to a 1,000-yard season and a couple of touchdowns pretty easily. Yeah, Pittsburgh's going to lead. They're going to be up there leading the league again in targets, and Deontay had 92 of them last year. So, I mean, that's just about six targets a game. So if Ben's going to come in and do at least that, you know it's going to be a better balls, mm-hmm. and he, he caught he caught almost 65 percent of that. Sixty five percent of terrible quarterback play, like that's that's kind of underrated. I think. I mean, I'm not saying they were the longest. Obviously, they were shorter passes as well, but he did he did really well with that. Um, I think that's about it, right? That's about it for our, our wide receiver twos, our second year wide receivers. Um, if we'd like, though, I want Al House and Eric to talk. <laughs> about this Cooper Cup and Zach Moss for Mike Williams in a 21 first trade. Can I go grab my popcorn real quick? (laughs) Get some butter. (laughs) So, uh, uh, Eric, why don't you start us – actually, Alhouse, I guess, why don't you start us off with um, with maybe some – why you're siding on the Mike Williams in 21 first? Get him out, House. Okay, so here's the thing. Value-wise, it's probably the Cup side. But, man, I'm terrified of Cooper Cup right now. Like, okay, that's a lie. Terrified is really the wrong word. But 
second half that se- of the last year, they were in 21 personnel, which takes him out of the slot. And he's really, Cooper Cup's really bad against man, especially really bad against press coverage. That dude needs to be in the slot. And if they're taking away slot receivers, he's in a little bit of trouble. Now, don't get me wrong. He still scored double digit points like the last five weeks of the season. I looked today because I, mm. I think we were arguing about it in the Cool Kids Club <laughs> at one point. Um, and yeah, he, he was still doing well, but like he's not going to be the wide receiver like three or whatever ridiculous he ended up uh, last year anyway. Like I, I think that ceiling is gone. So, but Mike Williams with, uh, even if it's Tyrod, Tyrod's really good at throwing. He's really good deep ball accuracy. Justin Herbert is a really strong arm. Mike Williams, hey man, I am hashtag team big Clemson wide receiver, so I'm all about Mike Williams. So I, I think he can finally shine. And honestly, I'm not a Zach Moss fan, so him or the first value-wise is probably even enough. I'd rather take the first. But right now, Cup is worth more than Williams. I will absolutely attest to that. Yeah. But going forward, I would not be surprised if they are even or swapped positions. Again, yeah. not against Cooper Cup. It's just they're taking his position away and drafted another guy just like him. So that also leads me to believe he might not be getting re-signed. Yeah, that's fair. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I, I think they do end up getting him re-signed and, and figuring that out. But so you say, you, I know you think his ceiling is gone, <clears throat> but the way I look at it, like I know it's a small sample size, but for the last five weeks, is, which is when they, you know, switched to doing multiple tight end sets and, you know, switched their whole offense up. Um, if you take his numbers, which he was, he was averaging 17.2 points per game during that span. Um, if you take that on a 16 game basis, he's right in between Devonta Adams and Mike Evans, which I believe puts him at, I, I believe it was like the wide receiver six on the year. Are we talking about two guys that got hurt for the couple of weeks at the end? <laughs> no, I'm talking about oh, points per game paces. Right? Oh, okay. All right. I was about to points say, don't, don't you yeah, start yeah. Uh, pulling no, that trickery no. on me. <laughs> No, no, no. Um, yeah, no, that was points per game in a full, full PPR league. Um, so, and, and I just, I, I think the ceiling is, I, I do agree a ceiling came down a little bit, but I still think it's there for him to be a top 10 wide receiver. Um, he's currently being drafted as like the wide receiver 18 or 19, I believe right now. Um, that's 17. a good place. I, that's good. That? I, yeah. I would take him at 17. That's, that's, that's below his floor, I think. Let me yeah. let's. I'll say that. He's right above DK. Yeah, and DK. and yeah, for me, I just yeah. I don't I don't even see Mike Williams as a top twenty-five wide receiver. To be honest, um, I'm not a huge Herbert fan. He could be good. It could work out there. Um, and I know you like Tyrod, but I, I do think Tyrod's he, he's only going to be there for maybe the first half of the year. Um, you know, they drafted Herbert high. They're going to give him a chance. Yeah, but it's, they're um, both guys that can and are willing to throw the ball far, which yeah. I don't know which one Rivers was last year, but he, that ball wasn't going very far. So I, like Mike Williams was absolutely capped. I, again, I absolutely agree there is a gap between the value of Cooper Cup and Mike Williams, but I think that will change. Can I interject? So, yeah. So my, no. <laughs> my only one, my, my, my concern here with Tyrod, you know, obviously he played in Buffalo. We got to watch him for a couple of years. He was able to have production with Sammy, but he also had Robert Woods and Marquise Brown. Or I'm geez, not Marquise Brown. No. Um, John Percy Harvey. Percy Harvey. No. How uh, far back are we going? Sorry. 
Oh, geez, I'm blanking on uh, San Francisco. He left us. Marquise Brown. Speedy. No, good, good one. Good one. Sorry, Marquise yeah. Goodwin. My apologies. Wow. So, Marquise Goodwin, wow. my point being with him, he wasn't able to get him the ball as well as he should have been. Sammy Watkins made Tyrod look good his rookie season. I don't know if Was Mike that another Williams, hashtag team Clemson uh, receiver guy you're talking about? All right. Cool. I, don't I like where know this is going. Mike I like Williams, where this is going. I don't know if he can do that again. <laughs> Tyrod's highest touchdowns in a season was 20. So if you're expect, I mean, I'm expecting him to play all season. Let's, let's just play that game. If he plays all season and he, let's say he gets 24 touchdowns. If you, you need Mike Williams to get 30% of those touchdowns to get you eight, because he's not going to get you more than probably 50 catches with Tyrod. And with that, he's got to get you 750 yards. But they also don't have the running backs to run the ball as much as Buffalo ever did. That's, but do they, do they now though? With Eckler and Jackson? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, Eckler's not that so, good. Yeah, and I mean, I know that uh, I know that Anthony Lynn loves Tyrod, so I, I'm hoping they're going to throw the ball some more. I really am for Williams' sake. Because I, I, I loved Williams. Um, I really did, but I just really think he takes a big hit with Tyrod, and I'm hoping yeah, Herbert – I think anything is better than what Rivers was last year. <laughs> yeah, I didn't watch a lot of the Chargers, I'll be honest, but I know that, that there was a lot of ducks. Yes, I guess uh, so. What? My, what's here's my question. What do you think, pick wise, is the difference between Mike Williams and Cooper Cup? Outhouse to make a trade. Like if I wanted to trade Mike Williams for Say Cooper Cup, what would I have to add? Yeah, or if you're giving up Cooper Cup, what would you want it added to Mike Williams? Second. A second. Okay. Would it? Would yeah. you want a high second or just any second? Well, again, if we're talking 21s, I don't play the guessing game, so it's random. Okay. I count yeah, everything right, as the middle, so you know, I'd be fine with a mid-second. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, but, yeah, so for me, it's like, yeah, I I, I liked it, um, especially adding, you know, just adding Moss to I don't think Moss is going to be anything special, um, but it never hurts to have running back depth added to a trade. Um, and like I said, I think he's going to be used more than Gore was. So I, I think you're looking at potentially 200, maybe even a little bit more touches. Uh, he's going to vulture touchdowns on, on the goal line. If you look at Frank Gore, he had 11 carries inside the five yards. Um, and he only scored one touchdown on it. Um, so I think, I think Moss is going to be much better. They're definitely going to want to use him more. Um, so he's, he's good. He's good depth to add in that. Um, so yeah, that, that's why I was siding, siding with that side. No, it's a good trade. Don't get me wrong. For a competing team to get Cup and Moss, who I think will, yeah. like you said, get at least Frank Gore touches. And, yeah. and I agree probably a bit more. So, no, I, I think it's a good trade on both sides, to be fair. So, but so I, would, I like Mike Williams. Would you rather have Cooper Cup or Stefan Diggs? Outhouse. I need you guys to tell me how to feel about Stefan Diggs right now. I don't know. Like I, I have been struggling with valuing Stefan Diggs ever since this happened. I don't have the answer. I want it to be – I love Diggs as a player. I don't know what to do with him right now because, yes, John Brown did great last year, but John Brown's still there. And those they are two fantastic route runners and fantastic deep ball route runners. So what, like, what's the splits going to be? They're not going to give up on John Brown now, plus – they still have really good underneath receivers as well in Knox and uh, Cole Beasley still there. And now they Singletary is going to get more worked into the passing game, I would imagine. So I, they don't pass the ball that much. So we are hoping pretty much for the same thing we got from Diggs in Minnesota, which is a 20-yard touchdown 
<laughs> to save our day, but Alan's not as accurate as Cousins. So no. I, I, am, I am lost. I have no idea. Don't be lost. Just take your own advice. We don't, we don't draft Bills players. Just like you don't draft <laughs> Seattle players. Yeah. We stay away from the Bills no, players. No, I, I think uh, you're looking at, at what John Brown was last year, but a little bit better. What John Brown, he got like 118 targets, I believe it was. Um, I honestly could see Diggs getting 120 to 130 targets. He's going to take over as the number one easily. Um, John Brown is still going to be there, but, you know, he's over 30 years old. Diggs is the future. They want Diggs and Allen to get a good chemistry uh, built together. Um, I don't, and was that? I don't think he'll take over as easily as you might think, just because what's going on with the whole COVID world. They're not getting any reps besides, you know, last week or two weeks ago when they all met in Florida. That we know. Yeah. 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 That's fair, but, I mean, Diggs is, is far more talented well, than Josh. What Brown. we need to look at is that Dable, Brian Dable, the offensive coordinator, he catered to Josh Allen last season. That's what they needed to do. John Brown comes in. Cole Beasley comes in. You get some older wide receivers, but they already know what they're doing. So Cole Beasley was there as his protection, anything 10 yards under. Cole Beasley did really, really well. But they also had those plays that he was there to check down for him when needed. John Brown, he was he had the best season of his career. He was in a Bruce Arians offense, and then he comes over to Josh Allen, who's one of the most inaccurate quarterbacks and has the best you know season of his career. Stephon Diggs is going to do that. He's going to have a higher A dot average depth of target than he did in Minnesota with Kirk Cousins, so he won't have as much uh, efficient passes, but he's going to have higher yards per target. And that's yeah. what I, what was that? Um, and, and that's another thing is, well, not only that do I think it's going to happen, but I'm praying as a Bills fan that they're <laughs> actually going to unleash Josh Allen and let him throw the ball and not run it up the middle three, four plays in a row. So um, it, it was extremely frustrating. He's a poor man's Russell Wilson. I'm going to say that outhouse and don't be upset, but he is a poor man's Russell Wilson. If you watch him in 2018, the amount of nobodies that were out there who just came out and just caught how many deep balls, you know, we have the Isaiah McKenzie's coming through. I mean, awesome. people don't know who these were and, and, and they're just coming out of nowhere, catching these deep balls. I, I know they were few and far between of accuracy and he was horrible with it, but those, but now that you give him an elite route runner, you give him an elite deep threat player, you give him a fantastic uh, slot receiver and an up and coming tight end, throw the damn ball. Yeah, and don't be scared to throw the ball. You have one of the best defenses in the league. If he's That's going to be the ball. thing. It's going to have to be – but it also has to be on Josh Allen to yeah. – like the thing is, like you were calling him a poor man's Russell Wilson. I mean, there would have to be a lot of socioeconomic gap between the two, like for that word poor to really Stop. fit. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> because the thing is, like Russell Wilson's always looking downfield. He's looking for that pass. I mean, like I said before, Josh Allen, it's kind of like Colin Kaepernick, where if that first read isn't there – gets jittery and just bolts yeah i mean that's if he can get past that or if he now has you know digs he can trust a little more and just throw the ball anyway and know that by the time the ball gets there digs will have done something to get to the ball Mm. then yes then i will if he can get the targets you're talking about and alan can take that step then i then i am with you guys on digs's ceiling that's yeah. a lot of ifs, though. He, well, yeah, and he Allen made a massive jump for looking at his, his progressions from 18 to 19. Mm-hmm. And I think that had to do with the confidence of the receivers, the veteran presence. 
now you bring another veteran guy in. I, like I said, it, yes, it all falls on Allen, but it also falls on Dable to make the right play calls because I hated him in 2018. That's that's the biggest thing I worry about is Dable. Um, it, it's just he was so frustrating. Um, but but like I said, I I think now you know we had you know with the addition of Diggs, our our offensive our passing offense is just going to be much better. It's gonna it's just gonna open things up and make it's going to help Josh Allen make better decisions. Um, and he already did make better decisions coming, coming from 2018 to 2019 um, in five less games, he threw three less interceptions. Um, and his, his passing completion went from 52 to 58%. And I think this year you're going to see it get over 60%, hopefully. Um, and yeah, I just, I think it's, it's going to be much better. Um, they're, they're still going to run the ball a lot. That's obviously still what we do. It's why they drafted Zach Moss. Um, they got Singletarian Moss, so it's going to be a good run game as well. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm hoping they just throw a little bit more. Like instead instead of running the ball up the middle three times, run it up two times and get that extra pass play in. You know that alone is going to help it a lot. With Dable, yeah. he was he, he was so good at scripting his initial first what first twenty five plays. Yeah, yeah, plays, and it, it was so frustrating. I mean, look at the playoff game. You know, Allen looked. I don't know if. He, I mean, some of it has to do with Allen as well. You know, he looked he looked great in the first half of the playoff game, and then the second second half starts 15 minutes later, and Allen looks lost out there or in the play call, and you're like, "What are you doing?" Um, so I think I think both need to improve, obviously, with Dable and Allen. Yeah, so we definitely hit a lot a lot on Josh Allen there. Um, let's just wrap everything up with one last trade. Um, Russ, this is in the cartoon do-gooders Alliance uh, league that you and I are in. Um, I, I made this trade and it is, it involves Josh Allen. So it makes sense why we're talking about him. So I traded away Matthew Stafford, CD lamb and Jamison Crowder for Josh Allen and Sony Michelle. Now this is a uh, best ball dynasty league, but I didn't make this trade in mind with the best ball part. So I feel like it is worthy to be able to talk about right now. Um, so without that in mind, what do you guys uh, – well, I'll start with Russ. What do you think, uh, Outhouse, of this trade? Yeah, I'm kind of on the Stafford side. Um, honestly, like, Stafford was doing so well before he got hurt. But let's be honest, the quarterbacks are probably a bit of a scratch for me. They're both those middle-tier guys who are most likely going to be bottom-end QB1s. And that's awesome. That's fine. I mean, Josh Allen may be a little safer because of the legs and all of that. Um, but then you're down to C.D. Lamb and Jameson Crowder for Sony Michelle. And while I do think Sony Michelle will do better this year than he did last year, not that much better. <laughs> um, so I don't know if you do have either some homerism coming in here or if you just do have faith that Josh Allen is going to keep taking that step up. Yeah, I think you, you paid a bit. Yeah, yeah I agree. I yeah, I did. I did go over just a little, but my Stafford love isn't there anymore. Um, I, and I feel bad saying that, but I, I do think that back end quarterback one maybe is the the best that he's going to be able to do anymore. And I think Allen's going to make that assumption to potentially a borderline top five. Yeah, I did overpay. I wasn't happy getting rid of CD, but I think Michelle and Crowder kind of they washed there. So um, with me thinking Stafford was going down, I probably. Did pay a little premium there, but um, but you got out of something you were afraid was going to fall. So right. it makes yeah. sense that you do overpay. Allen's my number one quarterback now because it was Stafford. So that's that's mm -hmm. where I feel I'm more comfortable. Um, I have Amari Cooper 
So I had him in CD, which was probably smart, but that could be a train I have to wait a year or two for. Doesn't matter. I'm winning this league this year anyway. I'm tired of second place. Well, I got to get this one. Then I got to get the DDCL again. But, you know, we'll cross that bridge later. Um, Yeah, so I think that's going to wrap up just about everything uh, that we got today. So, uh, Alhouse, why don't you tell us again uh, what you do, um, everything you got going on, and, uh, yeah, we'll wrap it up. Well, yes, I am at Dynasty Outhouse on Twitter. Um, a member of the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network at DAP underscore network on the Twitters. Uh, subscribe to that feed on any of your podcast, whatever platforms, that's the word. And you can get Trade Addicts Podcast, which is my show, the Fantasy Timeline, which is a live show every Wednesday. Uh, then they put it out on podcast form, but you could watch that on YouTube also. And the Dynasty Junkies, which are just the the it's frustrating how good they've gotten so damn fast and i I let them know that uh, that it pisses me off how good they got Uh, (laughs) um but also dynasty game night which if you don't listen is just stupid fun like there's you don't learn anything on that show you you scream at your uh, phone or car radio wherever you're listening just because it's literally games that's all it is and you know it's like one of those things where it's so much harder when you're on the show to answer a question that you're sitting at your car screaming, calling the other person stupid. It's so much fun. Yes. <laughs> um, and especially since I became hosting, I made everything so geek related that a lot of people don't know what the hell I'm talking about. So it's even more fun to stump everybody. Um, and then uh, split takes show with me and Kevin Cotillo on the dummies Funhouse podcast network, the DFPN network. Uh, we're going to record that probably tomorrow or monday to get that uh that out soon uh that's where me and kevin we just go over two trades we give unbiased takes where because like we were saying before like we were going over trades and like i started saying how i felt about marquise brown where then someone else was like yeah i guess you're right maybe he isn't worth really a first and that sort of affects what you say in the analysis but me and kevin do is we record them completely separately so we oh, record wow. our takes and then listen to each other's and then argue with each other about how wrong we think we, you know, each other are. <laughs> so, like, that was a fun little format that we put together. So, those, that's where you could find me. I am on Twitter way too often because I have a really boring desk job. So, that's, you know, that's me. Yeah. Do you want to promote uh, the shirts and wristbands you got going too? Oh, hey, man. I'll promote yeah, every, I'll, I'll keep talking if you let me keep talking. Yeah, talk um, about them. Those great, great products. Um, well, I have ffpodshirts.storeenvy.com. I'm wearing my DAP Network shirt right now. But, oh, man, we have so many, sh- um, the, all the DAP Network people, but we also have Dynasty Game Night, Dino Diagnostic, um, Devi Marketplace, Coast to Coast Scouting. We just have anybody that was too lazy to put their own store together, I threw in mine <laughs> uh, pretty much. <laughs> so there's T-shirts, mugs, stickers, um, all proceeds go to charity we used to do fantasy cares but scott fish sort of <laughs> turned off his shareable link so we haven't quite figured out where that's gonna go yet but it's still all gonna go to charity um we have our wristbands for the trade addicts pod which are five dollars each uh two dollars of each wristband also will go to a charity we're just not sure which yet um yeah that's enough yeah. So everybody, thanks for having attention. me on. By the way, no. I, I haven't said thanks that. Thanks for yet. coming, man. <laughs> no, thank you. We're we're extremely humbled to have you on here. Everybody, take Absolutely. a look at all the products. Take a look at everything Outhouse is on. Uh, yes, at Brian Har, 
uh, at the Trade Addicts Podcast, at the DAP Network. Um, they're really great, and they've done a lot for, I know, just three of us alone, so we can't appreciate that enough. Um, anybody else want to wrap it up? Anybody got anything to say? Yeah, I'm just impressed of how much Russ does. I mean, I lost count after five podcasts. <laughs> yeah, me too. That's the problem. <laughs> pretty impressive. Thank you for being on our show. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, man. No, thanks for having me on. I, I like I, I love talking and I'm any chance for me to say Antonio was wrong about something <laughs> it, it, I'm all for because I'm still a little mad at him for beating me in the Dynasty Diagnostic Championship. We're one and one. We're one and one. You got me during the regular season. Oh, because that matters. So but I, yeah, I'll take the championship. <laughs> thanks. Thanks. Thanks for that pity right there. Give, I appreciate it. I wanted to give you a little bit there. easy tonight with that. <laughs> if it makes you feel better, it was like my only loss. So. <laughs> nope. But, I'm not there. Nope. Yeah. No, humble brag. Um, yeah. So we're going to end it there. Um, once again, thanks so much for listening. Uh, don't forget to, like I said, follow at uh, Dynasty Outhouse. Uh, follow everything he's on. Uh, you can follow the pod at Dynasty Mafia underscore FF. You can follow me at Antonio Denisi FF. You can follow Keenan at Keenan underscore 716. And you can follow Eric at Eric D underscore FF. Uh, all right, guys. Say bye. Yeah, it's 11 o'clock here. It's way past our bedtime here on the East Coast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, everybody. Have a good night. Good night and everybody. Mafia out. Yeah. See you. Thank you.